Hey everybody, this is Doug Curtin, the host of Chalk Talk. Before I get started with today's episode, I want to call to your attention platform.com. That's PLT4M.com. On today's episode, I make a lot of different references and mentions to previous episodes of Platform, as well as a few different articles and things that have been coming out over the last few weeks. Go to Platform and check out all of that different types of content. I put in a few teasers, but I think you'll want to hear more from folks like Justin Contois and Jessica Shawley, who I feature on today's episode. Our main feature, though, is Justin Contois, and I want to thank him especially for spending some time and chatting with me about how he uses technology as a tool within his classroom. So let's go ahead and get started. This is Chalk Talk, presented by Platform. Let's go. A few weeks ago, I wrote an article and did a podcast breaking down the classic objections around physical education. The article took on all the different reasons why people think physical education is, quote, not for everyone. I argued PE should be in the same ranks as subjects like math, science, or ELA. If you haven't listened or read that one, go check it out. It's in the description. It's episode 31 of Chalk Talk. While I rode off into the sunset, proud of the arguments I presented in defense of PE, I thought, wait, there's more work to be done. This time, it's technology under attack. I turned my proverbial horse around, rode back into town, and I'm back to defend technology as a tool. And let me be clear right at the front of this podcast. I myself have had many of the same objections about technology that I'm about to list. I even went so far in a speech at my Trinity College graduation to sneak a little attack on phones and the danger that social media present to the world. Now granted, my larger message was about the power of saying hello and human interaction, But around the four to six minute mark of my speech, I started to take a few jabs at social media. Let's check it out. So this is the challenge going forward. Say hello to someone new. Say hello to someone you haven't talked to in a while. You never know. Maybe that person will become a new good friend or the the love of your life. Maybe you might never see that person again, and that's okay. That simple interaction will mean something you never would have realized have you minded your own business with your face buried in your phone. Our challenge is no simple task. Many distractions will be determined to divide us. Phones, technology, political views, and more strive to split us apart, make us struggle for that basic human connection. Facebook, Snapchat, Instagram, and for that one dad in the back who thinks that Snapface is a thing, Figure it out. (laughs) They're fun, they're addicting, but they separate us. It shouldn't be about followers and friends, likes and comments, and whatever that dad thinks he's doing on Snapface. (laughs) But it's about those real connections. It's about what we make in our day-to-day lives. And while there's more to that speech that I'd be happy to share with all of you, I'll save you from the pomp and circumstance. Before I make my case on why technology can be used for good, let's hear what many, including myself as you heard, have to say about technology from time to time. So I'll say them plainly, and then we'll switch over to what it means when it comes to education. Number one, technology is going to replace jobs. Number two, technology is a distraction. And number three, technology is expensive. So let's look at them in the scope of education. One, technology is going to replace teachers. 
Teachers have been able to teach just fine without technology. Bringing in all this fancy stuff loaded with programs, curriculum, and more is just a way to replace the teachers in the classroom. Two, technology's a distraction. Phones in the classroom? Gasp. Sounds like a recipe for social media scrolling, texting friends, and nothing productive. No phones. Three, technology is expensive. We could never do all of this at our school because we just do not have the fancy new tech that this would require. And so, to take on all these objections, I turned to Justin Contois, PE teacher at Osborne Park High School in Virginia. Obviously, I'm not even sold, so I wanted some backup to see how technology can be used for good and not to all of those objections that I myself and others sometimes have. Justin uses platform in his PE classes, and I wanted to know just exactly how he uses it in his classroom. So let's take on all the objections and look at it within the lens of Osborne Park High School. Number one, technology is going to replace teachers. To set that stage, Osborne Park High School has advanced PE classes open to 11th and 12th graders. These classes have upwards of 36 to 38 students in each class. Justin is the only teacher in the room with these big groups of students. Before technology, Justin made it work, but not without his fair share of headaches. He looked to an app-like platform to help manage it all. Me, or myself, doing all the programming, so I come up with uh, you know, the warm-ups, the workouts, uh, you know, the wads essentially, um, and that type of thing. So uh, platform has made things uh, a lot easier, uh, both visually and, and planning-wise because it's all there and also the data collection you know it was tough to collect each kid's data because you know I'm looking or hunting down kids trying to find okay what was your number there on that that set or, or what was your time on this you know uh, mile or, or 800 you know whereas you know with the app they can just plug it right in and it's uh, it's a lifesaver and time saver for that matter and so this newfound technology did not replace the experience and knowledge that Justin brought to the classroom he could take the best pieces he liked within platform and pair them with his own expertise and experience to make his classroom successful. For Justin, Platform was not replacing anything he did, but rather providing an additional resource for his classes. Well, I just think the ability to, to copy a program and to make it my own is, is essential. You know, I, I love the layout, I love the videos, I love now the ability to input some scores, you know, when you want. Um, the library that you guys have where I could, you know, say, hey, this is what I taught you guys, this is the lift, or this is the movement, the auxiliary. Um, if you're not sure, you know, and I'm with another group, take a peek at the video, um, and I'll be right with you in a second. But just, you know, just to give them an additional resource is huge. So just just the overall app and uh, program is, is, is awesome for my course, so I highly recommend it. Technology in the classroom became a means to enhance class not replace the teacher at the helm. But what about the students actually using it? This leads us to number two. Technology is a distraction. In most cases, we look at technology, cell phones in particular, as distractions. Picture the person of any age, entranced by the glowing phone in front of their face, almost eerily glazed over. Insert any distracting app, and nothing productive is being done with phones. Putting those same distracting phones into a classroom might just sound crazy, but for Justin Contois, he encourages students to bring their phones to class. Students' phones are used during class to access daily workouts and lessons. 
Justin sets the tone that the phones are meant for school purposes and nothing else. By setting a high standard from the beginning of the semester, students know that phones are meant to be a tool. So for the most part, out of those 36, 38 kids, everyone has their own phone. There is a day or two where kids you know, forgot their phone in the locker room or, or potentially they got their phone taken away by a parental unit. Um, so, you know, I'll just have to use the, the desktop or, or uh, my iPad that I use to, to collect data. So, you know, I don't think they've become a, a distraction in our class because the students know the goal, you know, and, and the goal in our classes is to gain strength and fitness. And I've had conversation with each student uh, the first day of class and said, you know, what are your goals and why did you take this course? And I always kind of reference back to that, you know, when, when things start to slide or kids start to, you know, maybe not put in the effort that I'm looking for or, or you know, they need to put in. Um, so I always kind of reference that, you know, you don't need to be on social media right now, you need to be doing your lifts. And so as I talked it through more with Justin, I wanted to be really clear and find out how exactly he handled when kids might have problems. Because obviously, a lot of teachers will say, yeah, right, this doesn't work, not at my school, never gonna happen. I'm not letting 36 kids on their phones in a class at any single time. So I pressed him a little bit. I wanted to hear, does it actually work every single day? There's a, you know, a time limit set on certain parts of the workout and you need to accomplish it. And there doesn't need to be any uh, social media scrolling in between and, and, and that's just how it is. Uh, sometimes there needs to be reminders on certain students, but for the most part, I got some awesome kids that, that, that really like to work hard and, and see the results. And, and using platform, they can see that visually and um, see the graphs and the charts that, that you guys provide and that I show them. And, it, it really motivates them. So I say for the most part, I don't need to deal um, you know, with any uh, social media issues or phone issues that, that other schools might. Um, but I think I, I hold them to high standards and they, and they understand that. And the high standards are set from the very beginning of the semester because that way it's not something that has to be dealt with day in and day out, but rather friendly reminders to keep kids on track and stay goal and mission oriented. But I think from the get-go, you really need to stress that. It's not something that, you know, you get to start talking about now. It's, it's day one. I said, you know, this is what we're here to do. And, and everyone understands that. So there's a time and a place for, for certain things. And, you know, playing on your phones is, is not one of them. You know, and I think the kids who do uh, take my class, and, you know, the first couple of weeks, we're going over basics and, and ground rules and kind of setting the tone. And, um, you know, we're kind of figuring each other out, you know, the, the makeup of the class, uh, you know, kids I need to maybe pay closer attention to uh, and others that, that I know that can just kind of, you know, look at the program and run with it, you know, after the instruction that I give. So I, I think as a teacher, you really need to know and understand your students and, and maybe who you need to pay special care to. And that little extra care goes a long way. Each student in advanced PE at Osborne Park is being given the skills to interact with technology in a productive way that is beneficial to their health. So it's not replacing teachers. It's good for the students and they're learning how to interact with technology in a positive way. But regardless of all those other things, there's still a cost. And that leads us to number three. Technology is expensive. There's no reason to sugarcoat the costs associated with technology. Yes, there comes a cost to having some sort of technology in classrooms. But schools do not need the NASA mission control room to introduce technology in the classroom.
You don't even need to be one-to-one -one for each student to have a positive technology experience in your class. While Justin asks his students to bring their phones, if not everyone has one, with platforms, students can partner up or use other devices like Justin talked about earlier in the episode. And even just small pieces of technology, like TV monitors that Osborne Park has in their weight room, get put to use. So we have five big monitors in our fitness center. Uh, our place is amazing. I, I wish you guys could take a peek at it at some point. Um, but, you know, we have five big monitors that, you know, we can project videos on, you know, your videos. Um, as far as teaching goes, uh, you know, we could throw up a, a game that was played last night, um, you know, that the kids have played or a professional game or a YouTube video. Um, or I could throw up the leaderboards, you know, and hey, we're one rep max and we're doing the bench today. Um, and, and, you know, this is this class in particular. These are the leaders, uh, both male and female, where I could say, hey, this is all the classes that I teach. And, and, and this is the top five or top ten. And you know, see where you stack up. And, you know, again, that's motivational and, and the kids really enjoy that. For Justin, phones and a few TV monitors have gone a long way. Other schools use tablets or Chromebooks, and there's lots of different ways you can get creative with just a little bit of affordable technology. And I know what you're thinking. Here's Doug working at Platform, a technology company, selling me on why I should go out and get technology. And I'm not advocating just for Platform, but positive ways in which we can incorporate technology so that students and other folks can use it in a positive way, not the distraction that we typically associate technology with. So again, I turned to people that know way more than me and I think are more convincing. And I sat down with a teacher, Jessica Shawley, who has acquired lots of different grant funding and funding opportunities so that she could enhance her classroom both with technology and other types of resources. Here's just a quick little tidbit from her from that episode that you can check out. It's really important too. It's not just about collecting things and having things and it is really about, okay, what it is that I want and I need, what it is I really need that's going to help enhance my program and then going out there to try and find those pieces that are going to support that because um, grant funding can be a great way to support your program and it's definitely been worth it for me. So I um, like to start with, um, you know, throughout the year, I always have, you know, my, my wish list and my purchase list going, kind of my thoughts of what I would need, what I would like, um, and ideas. We always have this catalog of ideas, whether you're writing them down or keeping notes in your, on your device, you know, and kind of flip into that or posting things on, on the um, bulletin board um, to kind of it always brings my mind back to, okay, how can I accomplish this goal and what it is, what it is I need? And then the other part to that then is I'm kind of always scanning and searching. So as a, a member of Shape America, as a member of my, you know, my state and my regional organization, as, um, yeah, as these different professional memberships and then great um, blogs and newsletters to sign up for, I'm always scanning those as well. Just those, those quick reads, looking for their, their grant section, um, bookmarking different grant websites so that I can come back to them and kind of developing a plan so that I can sift through it all and then dial in on, okay, I think this might meet my needs. So while that's just a little bit of a teaser for you, go check out the full episode, number 33, Grant Writing for PE. And that doesn't just have to go for PE, because I know some folks are listening or coaches and other folks, and there's lots of ways that boosters and other clubs might consider getting involved as well. And so to wrap up, I want to close with what our end goal is. 
technology will become what we allow it to. It can replace and distract, or it can enhance and engage. When we use technology to empower teachers and encourage students, then those classic objections do not hold much ground in education. Because technology is just one small part of the equation to our greater goal of guiding students to live happy and healthy lives. For Justin Contois, technology helps him and his students, and the end results are there, not from technology alone, but the total parts of what he has invested as a teacher in his students. Yeah, so like a perfect example would be today, you know, we were going over uh, or we were completing our, our one rep max for the, for the bench press. And there's some students that I've had since last year. Um, so, you know, they're a year and a year and a half almost into this weight training course um, that we've used platform throughout the whole thing. So we've had data going all the way back to September 2018. And, you know, I pull up, say, their bench press one rep max data. Uh, it shows them the graph where they started, where they are now, whether it be a, you know, a linear progression uh, or maybe some dips. Um, you know, coming back from the summer, maybe they lost a little strength, but it, it makes them feel good. Like, hey, I started at, you know, 115 pounds and now I'm up to 185 and, you know, it's only been a year and a half and, it, you know, it's, it's motivational, you know, and maybe they tell their friends or show their friends and it, it's possible, you know, that, that if you put the time in, you put the work in and the effort and, um, you know, results will come. So it, it, it's cool. really cool that they understand that and see that. And what's great is it doesn't just stop at one rep max day or anything like that. Justin is seeing it both with his students, his athletes, and everyone that's participating in the class. You know, there's kids who come in that have never uh, weight trained a day in their life. You know, maybe the, their buddy took it and, and they want to kind of, you know, be in the class with their friend, and, and that's cool. Um, maybe they don't buy in right away, but maybe, you know, halfway through the year, they start to see some progress. And whether that be, you know, maybe they're gaining some muscle mass and they can see that in the mirror. Maybe the, the t-shirt's getting a little tighter. Or maybe the numbers, you know, like I said, are kind of going up and they're visually seeing that. Um, you know, from that point, I, I've heard of kids and have known kids that have gotten memberships, you know, outside of school and, and now work out five to six days a week. And, you know, they come back after they graduate and they say, you know, because of this course, you know, because of this program, I mean, it's, it's changed my life. And, and it's amazing as a teacher to, to hear that and to, you know, to see a kid really uh, embrace what you've taught them and, and the healthy lifestyle and, and all that type of stuff. So it's, it's, it's really cool. And I do see it often. You know, a lot of kids take a liking to weight training. And, you know, I tell these students, you know, between, uh, you know, running and swimming and biking and, and weight training, those are the four top things that adults do, you know, when they get older. It's not, you know, uh, playing football or, or professional basketball or, you know, even an adult league. It's, uh, it doesn't really happen too often. Those are the, those are the four things that you're probably going to do and you're already going to jump on it. So. so whenever we put anything under attack, physical education, technology, or whatever else, we must ask ourselves, what part do we have a problem with? And how can we be a positive influence to make it better? That is what Justin Contois did, and now his classes are benefiting. And I, as a coach, think about those things all the time, because I'm quick even still to attack technology. I see my kids walking in to workouts and to practice glued to their phones, not even looking up to say hello or do those other things that I had problems with many years ago when I gave my little rousing speech at Trinity. There are some negatives to technology, and I get that, and it's easy to put them under attack. But what Justin does is find ways to incorporate technology positively. 
Kids are not glued to their phones at Osborne Park, and it's because the teacher at the helm, Justin, does a really good job of making clear goals with what technology is supposed to be used for and helping kids establish their own goals so that they stay on track throughout the semester. And so I've used the word positively a lot, using technology positively. And that's what's happening at Osborne Park because students know, let me pick up my phone or check the TV monitor and use these things in a positive way so I can get back to work. I can get back to being physically active. We're not asking students to sit there and glaze and gloss, scrolling endlessly. We're asking them to use technology quickly, pick it up, use it as a tool, and then get back to work. And that's the beauty of technology when it's used in a positive, again, I'll use the word, positive way. So just to bring it all back together, we cannot replace the power that a teacher brings to the class and what they're able to do to influence each and every student. But we can enhance and help them through different guides and resources, much like textbooks have in the past and much like continual resources, including technology, will do in the future. Phones won't become a distraction when that teacher is able to help their students and guide them through how to use it in an appropriate and effective way. And what we're talking about is not the NASA mission control room. I'll use that one again. Don't picture VR headsets and all of the amazing million things that you see that probably cost amazing and a million dollars. Most folks have access to some technology and we can find ways to get some if you don't have it through grants and other different types of funding resources. Think creatively on how you can incorporate technology so that students can get access to it and learn how to use it. I think whether we like it or not, phones and technology are here to stay. And rather than completely banning them from some places and saying that they should never be used in these situations, we can find ways to have them work, and I'll use it one more time, in a positive way. So let's not fear technology and what it's doing to students, but rather let's adjust how we allow them to use it so that they have lifelong skills like being physically active. So a big shout out to Justin Contois in using technology within his classrooms and using platform to positively, and I'm sure you're getting sick of that word, impact the lives of each and every one of his students. Thanks again for listening. And remember at Platform, it's always in pursuit of better.